Welcome to Season 3 of Bridge the Gap, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by our supporting partners, TIS Insurance, Morrison Living, NRC Health, One Day, Argentum, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Find out more about this podcast at btgvoice.com. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast with Josh and Lucas. We are at the Nick Conference. It's a great day full of energy. The sun is shining and we have another awesome guest on the program today. We want to welcome Jeremiah Swain and you're with Cornell University on an initiative that collaboration with Nick. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So we've been excited about this for a while. Uh, I saw uh, when I was looking at the attendee list, I saw uh, the Cornell students and I was like, Josh, Sarah, we've got to get with them because this is one of the the gaps that we bridge is reaching out to uh, you know college age career minded people to tell them that there's an opportunity here in senior living for an amazing career that you can feel great about because you're impacting the lives of older adults. So Jeremiah. Um, we want to talk about a couple of things. We want to talk about your background. Um, we want to talk about how uh, your path has been at Cornell and what has led you to that. And then also the connection piece between Cornell and, and, and Nick. So um, let's start with that right there. Right. How did the connection between Nick and Cornell and, and, and getting the students here happen? All right. So uh, Brooke Hollis is one of our professors who runs uh, the um, more the senior living side of learning at Cornell. Uh, and when I initially applied to Cornell, the Healthy Futures was something I was very interested in. So I, I applied to Cornell knowing that I wanted to learn a bit more about that industry. Uh, and after our class uh, last fall, he introduced me to the Nick Conference, and um, I applied, got, got some scholarship help, and uh, here I am. So. Nice. I nice. love that. Well, I would say uh, from our conversations and our experience, you might be one of the rare ones that goes in applying intentionally for senior housing because as we've had opportunities to talk with university students sometimes in their senior year of business they've never even heard of senior living so um, maybe backtrack now and tell us a little bit about your story of why that was on your radar yeah absolutely Uh, so Two things. One, uh, one grandmother, uh, we grew up going to Florida. Uh, she was in a senior living community, uh, kind of halfway between Orlando and Tampa. And uh, we used to go down every year and decide whether we we're going to uh, Orlando or Tampa uh, <laughs> to have some fun. But we would go there and stay there in the meantime at uh, her place. And so I, I was in initially uh, shown that side of senior living uh, at a younger age and didn't really think about it much. Uh, and then as I got a bit older, uh, my grandmother got dementia. And so I started to look at at it from the other side, from the continued care side. Uh, just again, intrigued and in, in trying to understand what exactly is going on from a familial dynamic standpoint, uh, but not really still looking at it as a career option. Um, but then after undergrad, which I went to Morehouse College, uh, and got my degree in finance, I uh, switched gears and went to culinary school. And then- It's a big switch. It's a big switch, right, right. <laughs> going from uh, doing retail to being in the kitchen, uh, 3 a.m. breakfast classes were something that I was not uh, used to. Uh, only breakfast at 3 a.m. I knew was Waffle House, but uh, <laughs> uh, not Waffle House. Oh no! no hey, look, no, I am, I am, I am Southern all the way. Waffle House is, is definitely where to go. Um, but afterwards, I saw the opportunity uh, from F&B side, just seeing and working at different restaurants that service uh, where that community was a huge part of their business model. And so understanding like the dietary restrictions and things that were around that was a second step into understanding uh, the needs uh, of older adults. And then from there, um, as it continued, uh, I 
just thought like, wait a minute, my grandparents have property in Atlanta. Uh, I kind of want to really see and build the place that I want to put my parents in. Uh, and the innovation and creativity started and that's where I you know, found myself headed to Cornell to really dive a bit deeper. I love that. I love that. And uh, so we were talking a little bit before the show. I think um, some of your experiences um, that led to this being on your radar uh, weren't, it wasn't necessarily because uh, senior living was the big sexy. It was because you saw a lot of opportunity of like, wow, maybe this is a real opportunity to do some things better, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, creative marketing, branding is at the core. Uh, I, I call myself an artist for business. So you give me all your constraints and they're kind of like my color pencils and I just you know draw from those constraints and, and opportunities come from that. Uh, so I, I like the thought process of kind of disrupting the space and, and, and really creating some things and partnerships and uh, ways about doing things that just aren't, this industry just hasn't quite done yet. Uh, and being in hospitality and being in F&B and understanding the hotel ops that I'm learning from uh, being at Cornell has really shown me the vast amount of opportunity within the space. And it's just really good and refreshing and, and, and I can't say, I continue to talk about timing, you know, no matter who I have a conversation with, because it is just the perfect timing to really, to really move into a space uh, that is going to allow yourself to be creative uh, without that creative innovation being tech per se. It, it's an actual physical uh, product and manifestation of how you're improving, Im- impacting people's lives. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm excited about it. So talk to us about Cornell. Talk to us about the program that you're in and the things that you're learning. Right. Uh, so I'm in the Masters of Management and Hospitality program at Cornell. Uh, I am able to really pick and choose classes that are to my own uh, liking. So it's not really a constraint in that regard, which is a huge, you know, huge thought process in going there. Because uh, every, you know, you're only there for three semesters with the master's program. And every day you're learning something different and you're just like, oh, I need to take a class on that. Oh, well, I need to take a class on that too. Uh, <laughs> and so what, I, what I'm learning right now is really just the depth of the industry, uh, the depth of overlap, the opportunities that lie uh, within. And then we're having the opportunity to understand what's currently going on uh, with, with the older adults uh, industry, whether it's uh, the creativity of doing uh, smaller homes where you may have only six or seven, people to doing larger uh, operations where you're, where you're talking about you know, hundreds. Uh, and then the intricacies that go into that, the overlay of F&B, how to manage the F&B side, uh, how to, and then more than anything else, understanding the overlap in a communication standpoint with how do you make everything uh, fall in line and be succinct and being in, more and more integrative. Uh, integrated within all sides of the hospitality uh, realm. So we're really diving into that right now. One of, the, one of my favorite classes right now is the properties uh, development planning. So you're understanding about development, understanding about planning, understanding about what goes into the thought process uh, before you get an asset, whether you're repurchasing an asset, whether you're remodeling an asset, uh, and then just, yeah, just the fun, the, it's the fun sides of that. I want to go back to school now. Yeah, no, uh, I know. My school experience was nothing like that. So, uh, yeah, it sounds great. I love that. So this is your first conference, industry conference, is yes, that right? Yes, first first, yeah, first conference, period, uh, in any industry. That's I didn't so last cool. the other industries long enough to go to conferences. Uh, <laughs> I didn't make it to sous chefs and to be in culinary conferences. And when I was in retail, it was a good year and a half, and I was out of it. So, <laughs> so what... Um, just I know we're still scratching at the surface of this conference there's still a lot of conference left but I mean what has your schedule been like what have you been participating in what resources have been thrown at you uh good and bad I'm not a huge planner okay so I I kind of freewheel a little bit I'm very good with freestyling it so so every day the past day really I I got here yesterday around noon Mm -hmm. uh has just been going on the app seeing what's available and then just 
making myself just being being present. Uh, I think that's the hugest thing about anything in life, personally. It's just be present, be in the space, understand where you need to be, uh, and the lessons and, and, and opportunities will kind of come to you. Uh, so it wasn't a prescriptive like way about going about anything from a conference standpoint because it could be overwhelming if you're looking at like all the wonderful topics and I can't be in two different places at once. Right. Um, but one of the things the this morning talking about like this, the disruption in the industry was really cool because I got a chance to really understand uh, and I kind of to kind of prove some hypotheses and theories I have in my head about where the industry is and getting like confirmation about where things are going, uh, where I have been wrong, uh, the the brain date uh, situations where I've been really good. Yesterday I got to learn a lot about the tech side uh, and how the the tech and um, regulations are helping and, and really. Pr- providing obstacles that when overcome like really provide data that, that that you can really act on in a way that uh, you can provide tangible results faster and faster yeah so I um, one of the reasons I was super excited to have you on the show is because a lot of our guests I would say the majority of our guests are um, been in the industry quite a while or around the industry in a lot a lot of while very uh, well respected thought leaders um, and I love to hear a fresh perspective of what are you seeing because I would imagine you have, um, you were interesting because you had some, a little bit of experience at a personal family level, but, but what are maybe some of those, um, stereotypes that either maybe you have, or you think, um, the younger generation has, or maybe doesn't have about our industry that maybe isn't really true. Uh, the, one of the stereotypes is that it's not, it's not fun. You know, uh, one of the stereotypes is that there's not much creativity, uh, and not much license to really affect change in a larger way. Uh, and another perspective that I think permeates a lot of industries is that you, uh, as a younger uh, millennial, uh, <laughs> getting into environments where, where you're working with older adults as your uh, bosses and really being able to get that ear and, and, and get respect for their fresh perspective you do have. Uh, getting people to understand that sometimes not having experience is the positive. It is the, it is the uh, advantage that you can have because you're bringing a thought process and, and perspective that otherwise uh, isn't really tainted with past experiences, especially as uh, more and more you hear this industry needs young, fresh talent, young, fresh talent, young, fresh talent, uh, and then being able to be that young, fresh talent uh, in a way where you don't have to necessarily take the back seat when you're ready to drive. Yeah, I love that. And I we do need a lot of young, fresh talent, and we, we need a lot of it. Um, yeah. And um, love that you can be an ambassador for that. So are there any, um, I'm kind of putting you on a spot because we hadn't really pl- pre-planned any of these questions, but are there opportunities where you're starting to, as you're getting in and you're attending these uh, conferences that you're you're thinking, man, that's maybe an opportunity where I could see uh, some some ideas that I have uh, flourishing. Is there anything you're yeah, seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, I I was thinking about like non-competitive strategic collaborations and understanding uh, how there are a lot of industries and a lot of people who have a, a similar demographic in mind when it comes to reach. Uh, and it isn't so much so about, you know, a lot of times you hear, oh, how do we reach the next generation, the next, the next, the next, but then there are products that are available that need to reach the current generations. Uh, and then really understanding that their that overlap is a huge opportunity. How can we market together? How can we co-brand uh, in ways and places that aren't really... Um, that aren't really doing it in a particular type of way. From, from, from an F&B standpoint, how do you uh, go to decentralizing uh, F&B when it was central, but still making the experience about it complete? Uh, the huge part that underlies everything for me is the experience. The same way you look at an experience in a hotel or an experience in a restaurant, uh, though it's not a one-week stay or a one-day stay, how do you uh, build, how do you create 
uh, so that every day for the rest of an older adult's life is an experience, so an option to be one. Um, another opportunity that, that I see is really bringing in multiple income levels into same properties. Uh, for example, uh, instead of it just being you know, one particular building or two particular buildings with small differentials in what you pay, uh, being able to do like the best, like having cottages, one one bedroom cottages versus apartments, and then condos, and really, really being able to bring everyone in, whether you are a retired teacher or a retired neurosurgeon, uh, you still being able to have a product that serves you well. Uh, being able to uh, bring in younger, older adults. Uh, how do you create opportunities within those experiences that give them the the chance to have the lifestyle uh, post retirement they want? Uh, without having to wait an extra 10 plus years to go into a community. How do you build and think about communities that really reach and touch these types of adults? Uh, my parents, not to put them uh, on the spot, hi mom, I'm dad. Uh, <laughs> they're, um, they're in their late 50s uh, and retirement is you know kind of whenever at this point, but what would it, the question to ask them, what would it take them to get out of their house and to go into a community to uh, move those assets from their home around and then be able to enjoy their uh, retirement life the way they want to enjoy it by still being able to have, put in a la carte amenities as they need an age so that they're not uh, financially burdened with it. But at the same time, they're free to do a lot of things they want to do without everything about roofs or cutting grass or no, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those are some just, I can keep going. Those um, are some opportunities that I just see as really being like some things to really explore, some questions to ask, you know? I, I love that. So um, flip that around a little bit because uh, those are great ideas um, for product type and innovation. And, and I love those, even the questions you're asking. But um, one of the things that our industry really needs is more people like you and to be able to attract um, people as like, hey, look at us, look at our industry, it's growing. But um, there's, you know, we would have to have our head in the sand if, if we didn't think that there was um, among different generations and different people, the younger generation, uh, to know that maybe they're looking for different things in a uh, employee-employer mm -hmm. partnership than what maybe uh, 20 years older generation was looking for. So maybe give, um, speak to that uh, okay. employer leader out there that's like, how can I make my workforce, my work environment uh, more appealing to guys like you, the younger generation of leaders? So what are some things you're looking for? Uh, I'm looking to be able to just be authentically uh, myself, first off. Uh, and, and second, really being able to be honest with what I want and it not being so much a uh, an interview about conforming to a particular mold that you've already set, particularly if that mold is not comfortable for, you know, me uh, or for the, you know, for generation, for example, uh, and really being open to that change, uh, coming into an organization and fighting for a particular change uh, isn't what anyone really kind of wants to sign up for because you're here to fight for change, you're here to be able to affect change for older adults. I don't want to have to fight for change for within the organization I work in. Uh, so being able to structure that from a cultural standpoint is, is a huge thing. Uh, and so I, what I really ask the question is, what are you doing to shift the culture of your organization to fit? Not to market a good job uh, to me, but to be able to show me through actions and implementations from an internal standpoint, uh, how you're treating what I call like your internal customers. Uh, I'll help you take care of the external customers. That's what you want to bring me on for. Uh, but but let's make sure the internal customers are taken care of as well, because otherwise, you know, 
you can go into tech, you can go into places where innovation is, they're looking for innovators, you know? Uh, and if you, and, and acknowledge the place you're at, acknowledge the fact that the industry hadn't been uh, particularly uh, marketed towards uh, younger uh, generations and ensure that you're putting concrete steps in place so that way uh, people are not only attracted, but they're attracted to stay. Uh, not just to you know pay off student loans and keep moving. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great that's a great answer. I love that, Lucas. You know we've talked a lot about our our industry has great opportunities ahead, but we're really at a uh, an interesting point I think in our industry because um, some of the the wise um, trailblazing leaders uh, that started our industry many years ago and have really fought for this industry and gotten the industry to the point it is today through a lot of changes, right? They had mm -hmm. changes that they've gone through that they probably thought were just as big as the opportunities that we have, but they're getting to a point to where they're looking like, okay, I'm going to pass the mantle uh, and prepare the next generation of leaders. So I think um, to your point, there's a real opportunity that probably is out of the comfort zone of a lot of our leaders because they've kind of created this model that has worked and this baby that they've held closely, now they're like, I've got to release it and maybe it's not real comfortable because it's, mm -hmm. it, it may have to be different. We have to be adaptable and are we gonna, change is one of the most difficult things for all of us. Uh, but to your point, I really appreciate your transparency and honesty and kind of speaking to that because I think we've all got to be ready for that. And uh, it's, a, it's a different way of looking as, as you touched on the, the interview process and the job offer what culture are you offering me mm -hmm. uh, to thrive and to be a problem solver and to be a little entrepreneurial, right? Very much. So I love that. So you have a lot of options before you. Um, what, what what does the next couple of years look like? You Are you about to finish up the program? Uh, yes, I'll be done in December. Um, still looking for internships for the summer. Uh, but okay, the, all right. <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, but what what I would like to do is, uh, speaking of entrepreneurial, uh, for me it's a skill set. It's, it's, a, it's a feeling. Uh, I don't have to own my own business to be entrepreneurial if the, if the culture is entrepreneurial. Uh, but if the culture is not entrepreneurial, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur because that's the only way I can get that itch scratched, if you will. Uh, and so for me, the next few years looks like finding a place, settling in, and really being able to affect change. Uh, more than likely on the marketing and branding side, but marketing and branding, to my, in my mind, before I even got to Cornell, was I pushed it off because I thought it was just like, you know, I didn't think it was what it was. I didn't think that the depth in being able to uh, be an entrepreneur uh, with a marketing focus was anything you needed finance needed. It's why I did finance undergrad. I thought that was what you needed. Uh, but the reality is right now, when people are looking for experiences, they're based in experiential marketing. You need to be able to build, uh, you need to be able to architect, you need to be able to design, you need to be able to engineer uh, places and facilities with the experiences that people are going to, uh, their why for buy is going to be experiences and that you have to think about it from that regard. And I want to be able to be in place to really uh, work with from the ground up, you know, uh, and from the creative process and, and, and creating those institutions and places and processes and experiences. Um, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm going to thrive. So I love that. And, you know, um, I know as our listeners are listening to this podcast, their ears are perking up. Uh, and I know there's uh, a lot of innovative companies, some of which are our partners, uh, that um, you're going to get their attention. And I'm excited for what the future holds for you. 
Um, excited for what you're going to be able to assist our industry with. And uh, I know I wish you uh, the best of luck. Appreciate it. Uh, and it's, it's going to be fun to hear more about your time here at Nick. And uh, what an awesome program you've been blessed to be part of. Awesome. Yeah. Can I ask you, what, what got you all into the industry? Hey, he has turned the question. Uh-oh. I love this. <laughs> show with I Jeremiah. love this. So go ahead, Lucas. You want to answer? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, so I call myself the senior living fan. That's right. kind of my moniker. And there's a reason for that is because I was uh, working in construction in different verticals. I've done multifamily. I've done hospitality. And then I got a taste uh, and experience into senior living. And I realized how much I (laughs) disliked working in the other verticals. And I thought, wow, this is really something that is different and new. And I feel like that my work can really matter to help Mm -hmm. positively impact the environments that older adults live in. Wow, how rewarding is that? And so um, I just wanted more and more and more, uh, so much that I doubled down on it, tripled down on it and sold all my assets and started a construction company that is 100% focused on renovating these spaces uh, and a team that can go in that understands that this is their home. We walk through the doors with empathy right. and understanding of, of, of uh, working around older adults. And so that's how I got into this business. And, <laughs> and he has done a fabulous job and a great uh, addition to, to the industry. Well, and then I got to meet guys like Josh. Josh is an operator in the space, and he can tell his, his part of the story. But um, you know, it's, it's meeting people. Josh, is, uh, he's amazing. Uh, and there's oh, stop it. Well, uh, keep on. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that there's actually a lot of amazing people. That's right. uh, and that's been the, the most uh, eye opening aspect of to me is like almost everybody I meet that is doing this work. I'm so impressed with, um, with just their heart and, and, and their minds behind doing this work. And so, um, I just wanted to make my, uh, career around doing that. Um, very opposite of you, Jeremiah, you, you kind of, man, you impressed me with, uh, really (laughs) digging in and knowing where you're going and and being very intentional. I was very unintentional. I kind of made a career out of college. Um, so it took me seven, seven and a half years to get through school, not because I was really slacking off, but because I was working, paying my way through college. I was selling real estate. I knew, um, that, you know, real estate, nothing knocking real estate, but I was actually looking for something where I felt a little bit more fulfilled. Got it. Um, but I didn't know what that was. Uh, senior living was not on my radar. And, um, you know, kind of long story short, um, had the opportunity uh, through some mutual connections of my family to be introduced to an entrepreneur out of um, Houston that was starting up a new senior living prototype, invited me to kind of join the ride and just see if it worked out and didn't know what I was getting into, to be honest with you. Um, But what really kind of sold me um, is, you know, when we actually started, um, I had the opportunity to move from like a real estate development and marketing role to when our first community opened and they asked me to be the administrator. I was in way over my head, uh, did not know what I was doing. The team that um, formed around me, I fell in love with um, being able to service the team and I felt good about that. And then when I saw what the team was doing um, in the lives of not only the residents, but um, the actually quality of life and relationship that we were able to help create for um, the family interaction and that atmosphere we created for the family to the resident, it was something that even though it was extremely 
um, labor of love work. I mean, it, it was it was very not easy work. Uh, and kudos to all the people out there and the caregivers that do this work. Uh, there there has to be a passion for it. But when you see um, the positive impact you're making, all of those endless um, seems like hours and the time you spend. Um, it makes it all worth it. And so for me, it was it was really accidental in some ways that uh, I had the opportunity to just kind of uh, dip my toe in the water. And so after uh, a lot of years now that are starting to go by, mm-hmm. um, had the opportunity to kind of grow, um, grow with the industry and um, meet great. You know, I mean, who would have thought that um, it's not too often that what most people would view as a, as a contractor relationship, mm-hmm. uh, as a vendor relationship, um, would turn into like a partnership um, because of shared passion, all surrounding the great people we serve. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I'd say in many ways, uh, mine and Lucas' passion is, is around the same thing and why we fell in love with the business, but from very different um, angles, obviously, than, than you arrived in the business. So There's that common thread. And we see that in so many of the guests that we have on the show. It's really amazing that the diversity of titles and roles and positions and companies, there's that common thread that goes back to, I really feel like my life matters because I'm impacting positively the lives of older adults. <laughs> Thanks for turning the, uh, the mic around to us. I man. know now I yeah, got, I I like got nervous. Now I know what our guest feels like. <laughs> yeah. We weren't anticipating that, but that's good. Kudos awesome, to you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Just being able to ask questions. And... <laughs> you should start your own podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could do that. You know? <laughs> well, hit you all up for some mentorship on that. That's you right. got it. You got it. Well, we're definitely going to stay connected with you. And I know for a fact, our listeners are going to want to connect with you on social media. Uh, you're on LinkedIn. Right. Um, any other main social networks? that you uh, Instagram, uh, j.c.swain. Uh, LinkedIn, Jeremiah C. Swain. Uh, or you can always just go to jcswain.com and reach out there. Oh, guys, got our own website. Okay. Hashtag Swain Swagger. Swain, keep it swanky. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fun. We'll make sure we connect in the show notes. And uh, anybody out there needs uh, a, a, an amazing intern, you definitely need to hit up Jeremiah for this. So, that's right. Uh, we hope that uh, we're a part of being a catalyst for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. All right. You Thanks, did it, man. man. For a full library of episodes, merchandise, and the 2020 conference tour schedule, visit btgvoice.com. Join the conversation on social media by following at BTG Voice, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode.